Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, good day to you. Oh, that sounded very firm, didn't it? Well, I was thinking. I didn't know whether to say good morning, good afternoon, yeah. good could evening. Could be any time, you see, with a podcast, that's couldn't it? it? That's the joy of yeah, the podcast. Yeah, could be the middle of the night. We can drip Probably into is. your ears at any old time. Oh, anyway, that's a horrible vision. Oh, image. dear. I know, very waxy. I've gone all waxy now. <laughs> um, listen, this is Jenny O'Claire and Judith Holder. I was nearly, nearly forgot my name again, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I know. Forget, I know uh, what you mean. forget your Christian I'm name. I'm not going away, you know. I'm not going. Every time I look at you, I think, oh, God, are you still here? <laughs> Hello, we are here. Judith and Jenny, the two J's. Oh, isn't that sweet? Like M&M's, but J and J. Yeah. Maybe Whatever they are. Yeah. Should we maybe. launch something for the middle-aged woman that's called J and J? Hey, we could. Some little chocolatey snack. Oh, is that what's, is that the, the image that suddenly comes to well, your... Well, uh, you said M&M. Yeah. You started oh, I see. it. Yeah, I suppose I did. No, I think in J and J, rather glamorous, I don't know, range of tights or a range of... You'll be, you'll be no. lucky. Nobody's going to come to us for manufacturing tights. No, We've both got stumpy they? legs. No, they're not. You're right. <laughs> anyway, we, we don't, then. you don't need to look at us. You can just listen to us. That's a bonus, you see, isn't it? Do you know, it's a good job we're not on telly. It is. Well, we're, in our heads, we're kind of on telly, aren't we? Do you sometimes do this and pretend that it's telly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's wishful thinking, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. pretend you've done something really that millions of people have seen. I've been thinking of taking... I don't know who it is at the moment, you see. That's the problem. I don't know who the head of the BBC is. Otherwise, I was thinking of taking him hostage or her <laughs> until they get me a, a telly job. That's a good idea. But in the meantime, get your lug holes around this. La 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 la! Just joining in. Joining in there. Mm-hmm. Here comes the break. <laughs> Someone did that for us, you know. This is our theme tune. This is our signature tune. This is a signature tune for the podcast Older and Wider, featuring the voices, the opinions, the thoughts of myself, Jenny Eclair, and my good friend, Judith Holder. Judith Holder, introduce yourself. Oh, goodness me. Yeah, you put me on the spot, haven't we you? We were slightly asleep then, Judith. I was a little we bit. We were in a post-lunch yes. slump. I just had my lunch. I know, this is the trouble. Low blood sugar, dipping very, very dangerously. But no, you what did you just call me? My very good friend, my best... Was it best friend? No, I didn't go that far. Hmm. My very dear friend. Very dear friend. That makes me seem very, very old. I'm not picking best friends now. <laughs> not my age. Oh, You're 58. On. I want to leave my options open. Oh, really? I know. I'd like to think that I was up there amongst the best. I've friends. only got about five friends. You know me. That's I'm very true. antisocial, That's and true. I don't go out much. And you only not... like me because I go to bed early. You are on my timeline, yeah. uh, not in in sort of a, a social media kind of way. But I'm talking <laughs> in a 24 hour clock yes. kind of way. Yes. You get up slightly too early for my liking. Do I? Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Uh, uh, confess, Judith. 
you're... Yeah, I'm kind of seven o'clock-ish. <gasps> you, well, you and Jeff don't get up until eight o'clock. I was absolutely shocked. You don't even come downstairs until eight o'clock, do you? Judith is my very old work. friend who it was the TV producer of Grumpy Old Women, which is how we uh, initially met, and we've just hung around each other like bad smells no. ever since. And occasionally Judith has to come stay with me because she lives her life ridiculously in the country, which is impractical. <laughs> uh, and I run this sort of cheap B&B in SE5 in Camberwell, and she comes and stays in my daughter's old bedroom amongst all her old toys. She's 29. When's she going to clear them all out? But that's beside. That's another topic of conversation for another day. Um, and, yeah, we put a, an alarm on because we live in southeast London. Oh, We've yeah. got a, a, yeah. a burglar alarm. And you don't know how to do it, do you? You, you refuse. I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself with your alarm. First of all, I was there one night when you were burgled in we the didn't night. Put the alarm on, do you no, remember? We I left know. a door open. Oh my god! I thought somebody was going to the loo. I think I, I was the one that raised the alarm. Actually, um, no, but I don't trust myself because years ago I opened the window in the spare room. Yeah. Do you remember? Oh, in my, in my and, house, and, and broke the lock. Nobody's been able to no, close it. We had to seal since. it. We had to seal no, it know. permanently. So I don't dare touch anything. So I wouldn't even dare. It's a fragile. Our house, my yeah, house. It's yeah, quite yeah, fragile. Yeah. And so what happens is that when you come stay with me, you tend to glump about in your nighty. Well, I have. Yes, I do. From around do. seven o'clock. And going, I take a travel kettle. Sorry, that's... that's. Do you? Yes, I have taken to take it. Well, because otherwise I'm up there without a cup of tea You're until in the eight o'clock. In the staff yes, quarters. Yes, Glumping around, as you just put it. Ah, no, she likes to go swimming. <laughs> well, now that I've got the my dry eye syndrome... Uh, I don't swim as much as I used to. No, you don't. Sometimes you leave me, you leave me and you go for a brisk walk. That's another thing I don't like doing. You go brisk walking and I do yoga in front of the telly. See, I don't know what I like about you, really. No, we've got very little in common. (laughs) We're talking cheese. (laughs) But I think the good thing about it is, you see, I can come and have a natter with you and a natter with Jeff and a bit of food, a bit of time on the, on you, as you, as, as was on your beanbags watching the telly yeah. what I like about going to stay with you is that you can just you know you can take your shoes off and you yeah. can watch a bit of telly yeah. okay a bit of polite conversation around not the supper much. Not no much. not a lot where not do we lot. where do we when we sometimes eat at the table when you're there but yeah. occasionally we have supper on our knees yeah that's shoddy when you're home of a night time yes. in your Oxfordshire country thatch thatch yes thatched <laughs> Burned down, burned down in the old day. We get burgled, you get burnt down. Um, you and Mike, your mm. long-standing mm. husband, mm. many Lums. years. Yes, Second yes. husband, though. First one failed. Uh, <laughs> My long-suffering husband, I think is what you mean. Yeah, yes. Um, do you sit at the dinner table? Of course and we do. Of course we do. Jeff and I never do. What are you... What, trays? Do, are you not trays? even trays. <gasps> Do you know what we do? On your lap? I get a sturdy magazine. (laughs) I haven't got a tray. (laughs) You don't even bother with a tray? No, no. I only have trays when I go to my mum. She's got got lap safe trays. That's very, very... You know the the tray that's part beanbag? Oh, yes, I quite like those. The non-spillable trays. Maybe they take up too much room in the cupboard. They're nice nice in theory, but they take up far too much room in the cupboard. Three of those and I'd have to move. My house just is not big (laughs) enough. So literally, you just go and get... When I'm not there, when when I'm not there to watch and to to be... And, yeah, that's what you do. You just take your plate over and put it on a magazine. When do you have any conversation with each other? Oh, I don't know. We've been together for (laughs) 36 years or something. 1982 to now, that's about, that's 36 years. We've run out out of conversation in about 1992. What happens when you go on holiday then? You have to sit opposite each other and you have a proper, proper, you know. Yeah. 
Oh, you sit there in that awful... <laughs> you're just relying on another couple in the restaurant to have Are a row you? or something <laughs> so you can watch. I mean, I really do. Or, or someone to bring a child in, then you can tuck together. Go, yeah, oh, yes, there could be child. a joint. It's nine yes. o'clock, what's yes. it doing? Yes. Oh, it's on an iPad, can it not? <laughs> I saw. Anyway, so you sit down and you have a proper... Well, of course we do, yes. I don't want to say we have, you know, terribly interesting conversation, but yes, we do. You, you know. tell him what to do. I tell him yours. what to do. <laughs> You give him a list for tomorrow. I do. Well, I don't actually sit there and write the list at dinner. I don't believe you. But it is taking shape in my mind. Uh It is. is When do you give Mike his to-do list? Gosh, you know me so terribly well, I'm exposing you you live on this podcast. You are. You are. When do I give him his list? Well, recently we've got a new system, which is... That I give him a list on a Monday morning. Weekly list? A weekly list. Rather than a day by day? Because it used to be hour by hour. The trouble is, it's only Tuesday, and I left another one. <laughs> I left him another one this morning. And who ticks off the items on the list? Do you let him tick <laughs> off? Uh, you know. Because... Well, this is controversial because you see, normally what happens is that he ticks he ticks them off himself, all right? right. But what he does, and I've noticed him doing this. <laughs> Is he loses the list occasionally on purpose? Uh, on purpose, Burns I think it. so. I can't check. Burns and list trying thinks... to set fire to the thatch. <laughs> he wants to get out. <laughs> so I've just opened that. the diet coke. Yeah. No, yeah. I think it, no. I think I've just noticed that that's what he does. He thinks, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know what I've done with the list. He knows very well what he's done with the list. He just doesn't want me to say. But that's not ticked off. So he's ticking off his own yes, things. But yes. I, so we're on to Tuesday today. Yeah, you see, yeah, the trouble is there was a sort of supplementary daily list. You know, I think that's the the trouble with having the weekly list is it's all well and good, but there's always a daily update, isn't there? So you have the weekly, maybe maybe you should do the weekly big list to do in caps, and then (laughs) on the daily basis, give him it in in a sort of lower... Well, there tends to be a, you know, um, a a, a, a post-it note or, you know, things like that, often in capitals, very bossily. What's on his to-do today? Today. Um, well, there was definitely uh, put the washing on, but don't put it in the tumble dryer because otherwise he'll put it in the tumble dryer. And it, this is terrible. I do actually feel rather interrogated <laughs> yeah. and that I am coming across rather badly. So can I just put the brakes on that and yeah. say that I've got redeeming features? What, what, what have I? <laughs> Go on. OK, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at, at one moment. of your redeeming features yes. now. I can spy a tinfoil parcel. Yes, a tinfoil party. Yes, I would, yes, you told me to bring a snack in in case you in case you got a bit peckish, so I did that. So I'm not I'm not terribly proud of it, but it can, was something I... that I have made. Homemade. I have made, yes. So it's Can you hear the tinfoil? How many times Oh, <laughs> oh wow, God it's heavy. <laughs> I'm holding in my I can barely lift this up. <laughs> I'm holding in my left hand. I might have to swap to my, my stronger right arm. <laughs> I might have to hold this in both hands. It's a what I call a slab of quiche. A slab of quiche, a slab of quiche, yes. Yeah, um, with some rather untidy pastry. Yeah. What yeah. happened to the pastry? Here? Yeah, I know. I'm not very good. I'd, yeah, I don't, it's not. I'd say that's overworked. <laughs> it's very much overworked. I think the trouble with it is, is I bought a slightly too small a size for the, for the tray, so it didn't go quite to the edges. So... <laughs> The trimmings on the edge had to go and repair. Okay, this is a homemade quiche, and yeah. um, it's got big sort of strands of rosemary in it. Yes, what oh, is yes. This, is this yes. your own recipe, or have you followed? I just from made a book? it up. I just made it up. No, but it's got it's got my own red onion in it because I did I grew onions this year. 
in the thatch cottage. Well, not in it, but and it's and 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 I found it yesterday. I wasn't expecting there to be any onions left, and there it was amongst all the Jerusalem artichokes. Big, fat, red onion, the size of a large grapefruit. So I sort of cut it up, you see, and caramelised it. Just, and I thought it's a quiche in that. This is almost quiche. edible. <laughs> no, this is actually. And I, I like to see quiche back on the menu because we sort of lost it for a while, didn't we? People who were sort of frittatering. Oh, absolutely. What's wrong with a nice quiche? Quiche with a crust. No, but, yeah, I like a quiche. I do yeah. like a quiche. I have to say, there's a, there's, there, this has a slightly rubbery consistency. <laughs> if I'm going to go all bake-off on you. Well, it's the last time I make you some quiche. Give it back. I'll have it later on. Do you know what, Judith? That really is delicious. Well it's done. It's all right. Thank yeah, you. If you hear us sort you. of getting a bit faint and weak... Um, we will stop the record and we'll we'll have some sustaining quiche. quiche. Break. Uh, we'll have a quiche break. So, so, did a funny thing happen to you on the way here oh, today? Oh, well, y- yes. It, it wasn't that funny, actually, because I was walking here and, you know, with the, well, we're in Holland. This cupboard that we're sitting in yes. um, is in Holland Park, isn't well, they, it? Is no, it not? Or I near Holland Park. Oh, but they'd, they'd like to think it was near Holland Park. Well, it's kind it's of... more Ladbroke. Ladbroke well, Grove I suppose Ladbroke. so. But anyway, I had to walk through the very, very, very posh bit of Holland Park, yes. OK? I mean, I don't think I've seen houses as big as that. Great big double doors, you know, mm. all that stuff. Steps and, up. Oh, steps up, steps yeah. up, you know, and, you know, Maserati's in the... T- you know, I was absolutely oh, astonished. Oh, so at one of the traffic lights, I looked and I thought, that's my old friend R- Claudia Rosencrantz, isn't it, at the, tra- the traffic lights? And I thought, gosh, I haven't seen her for years. So so, so I sort of waved and then I and, and I crossed over and said, hi, you know, are you OK? And she, she wound down the window and she said, I'll just pull up over there and I'll give you uh, my number. So she pulled up. And she gave me her number. It was mm. nice to see her and everything. And she said, and I said, <laughs> expecting her to say no, I said, oh, do you live round here? And she said, oh, yes, I just live up there, pointing to a few doors down. And my daughter lives just over there. You can see see the house. And I'm letting in the electrician. So that's a double whammy, isn't it? Old friend, lives in Holland Park. Daughter lives in Holland Park. She used to work for me. She used to be your skivvy. Yeah. I've got, uh, I know there are young men on the comedy circuit who many years ago were my support acts and now they are multi-millionaire household names. Sometimes I see them on the telly and I I feel like saying, you died on your arse in Tunbridge Wells (laughs) back in 2009. Yes. But it's quite quite hard, isn't it, when you see somebody, because they've overtaken... You know, the, I mean, obviously, Claudia overtook me many, you know, Well, what did she ago. do? I've never heard of her. Oh, she went on to be head of light entertainment at ITV oh, for a long time. Why hasn't she given us any that. work? Yeah, I know. Well, that, yeah, well, quite, That's why you need quite. a number. I've got a number. Don't worry, I'll give her a ring. Hey, let's let's get a, a, a copy of this podcast and send it to her. Shall we? And just say, put this on the telly. No more mucking about. <laughs> anyway, listen, we've got, a, we've got a guest coming in. We have. We'd like a proper show. I know, it's impressive, isn't it? Who have we got? I've forgotten. Oh, don't you ridiculous woman. I'll tell you why you can't see, because we've covered up the publication that she has come here to talk about with the quiche. Ah, uh, yes. Your massive was... slabo quiche. <laughs> that was a tactical mistake, wasn't it? Has covered. I had to remove the quiche. And here we go. This is a book called Help Me by the journalist Marianne Power. This is a fantastic idea. This, is a, this book was a brainwave by this woman. We're going to grill her about it. And then we're going to steal the idea. And we're going to approach a film company and Shall say, we? yeah, of course we will. Yeah, OK, good idea. Hey. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here we are in the sweat box of uh, Older and Wider, our new podcast. And we've got, we've got managed to wrangle ourselves another guest. We're doing very well indeed. Uh, because this is, uh, this is a sort of name on the publishing circuit at the moment as somebody to be kept an eye on and as someone who's had the most brilliant idea for a book and it's such a shame it's already been published because otherwise I'd have to kill her obviously and uh, take the idea for myself. Marianne Power, um, journalist, uh, uh, this tell us all about it basically. How did you have the idea for the book Help Me? So the book Help Me is about my year-long quest to try and fix my life by following the rules of a different self-help book every month for a year. God, that's neat. It was really neat in my head. It was a very clever idea, I thought, and I had it on a particularly brutal hung- hangover. Yeah. So it was a hangover How Sunday. bad on a scale of hangovers? Oh, it was one of those proper ones. Did like, you want to die? Yeah. 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 Shame. Oh, yeah, the fear. The ex- Everything was wrong. Everything was wrong. And I spent the day lying in bed in last night's makeup and watching those of the Kardashians. Yeah. Oh, I get sick quite often on booze. Um, so that's kind of, that's not like necessarily a big thing. But I was watching hours of the Kardashians and then when I got to the end of the, the Sunday evening, I, in that desperation, did that kind of things are going to change around here type feeling and picked up a copy of Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, which is a, a classic self-help book that I'd read a gazillion times before in this bid to kind of write Things Have to Change. And I was kind of half reading through the book, not very well because my concentration wasn't great. Um, and just had this idea that I would be a perfect person if I did even a fraction of what these books told me to do. Because I was reading so many of them. I had them under my bed. I had them in the loo. I was reading them all the time, but didn't do anything they told me to do. And then it was about three in the morning that Sunday, and I just had the idea, don't read self-help, do it. And I figured I would take a different book in different areas, so whether it was money or love or worrying... I would take a different book each month. I would do everything it told me to do. And I honestly thought by the end of the year, I would have eliminated all my flaws and I would become the perfect person. I would be like one of those magazine people, you know, that you read about in Sunday supplements who... The day in the life of. Those ones. I was obsessed with those articles. So the which ones? The day in the life where you start off at 5am with some Bikram yoga. Exactly. Yeah. And then I... And it goes on to quinoa, Exactly. A bit of green juice and a handsome husband and the kids and the dog and the All the adorable children. All of it. Oh, the Georgian house in Kensington. Dividing their time between London and... Yes. 
um, the crumbles. Oh, yeah. I've got yeah, my yeah, smacking yeah. hand out. Can you hear that? <laughs> That's the smacking hand. So, Marianne. I so, wanted to be that person you want to smack. That was what was, my aim was. Well, with any luck, one day, if you hear this behind you, you know you've absolutely made it because I'm coming at you with the smacking hand. So your life was a mess. Do you know what? It was on, on paper, it was fine. It was good, better than I would have expected. I was a freelance journalist. I was living in London. I spent money on overpriced designer jeans. I went out. You know, on paper, there was nothing yeah. wrong with my life. But Jude I was and so, I looking at each so other now going, this is a recipe for disaster. <laughs> you know, living in, living yeah. in London is hard. Being single is hard. Yeah. Uh, buying designer jeans is hard. I mean, it's the most miserable thing <laughs> in the world. It is the most I, miserable thing in the world. But, but I'm wondering whether, because that's the case, and yeah. that's really interesting, that this quest, the quest to be perfect... Yeah. You know, was making you unhappy. I mean, I, is there a sense in which that became apparent when you started to do this? Definitely. What an insightful question. So, Although I say it myself. <laughs> Are you a self-help bookie? Oh well, like, yes, I, I am. But like everybody, yeah. and I recognise in what you say, it works while you're reading it and you dabble, but you don't actually do. Mm. So it's a bit like a diet book, isn't it? While you're reading it, you think, well, of course, yeah, absolutely, yeah. that's a perfect idea, absolutely. But then it's the reading of it that it kind of works. It works while you're reading it, and then you stop reading it, and then obviously you move on to another one. Well, real life takes. So I have mm. uh, proudly, I have never read uh, a self-help book yeah. in my entire Haven't life. You? Never. Have you not? I, the only time I had to was when I did the radio program. Uh, I've never seen Star Wars with Marcus Brookstock, oh, yeah. and you have to do. I had several things that I'd never done before and admitted yeah. to. One was to have my pubic region uh, shaved. Uh, because I'd never had a bikini wax in my life. Mm. So we did that live on radio, oh. not in the studio. Mm. It was recorded. Paper pants, a lot. Could you pay, can we pay to listen to that? Um, it's, it will be on Is record it somewhere. Yeah, there's a bit of a, ooh. A bit. Uh, yeah. And that's just from the woman doing it. And then uh, the other one was I had to read a self-help book. And I think I've read, was it The Fear of Flying? What was that one? Is Erica that Erica John, John, yes, I never yes. read that one. I right. No, I don't think I did. I think I pretended to. And that, but yeah. I genuinely yeah, never yeah. have. Uh, but I am now very jealous because I think that uh, having had them in your life kind mm. of gave you the idea to proceed with the idea of this book. I mean, you wouldn't have had the idea if you weren't already a self-help book junkie, would you? No, no. I've been reading them for about 10 years and friends would just take the piss out of me because I was the worst advert for these books with names <laughs> like How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. <laughs> I'd be like, it's brilliant. I've read it three times. And they'd look at me, you know, and you don't worry anymore. So did mm. you have to stop work for this, take a year out I, of your life? That wasn't the plan. The mm -hmm. plan was I would be doing all this, like, extra bonus stuff on top of my day job and it would make me much more productive at my day job because I'd be getting up at 5am yes, to do quite, the Vikram yoga quite. and um, as it happened it didn't work that way at all normal life just seemed to stop because I was engaged in full-time self-analysis like thinking about myself every minute of the day putting Gosh. myself through quite uncomfortable experiences yes. so the feel the fear and do it anyway I did for the first month and I jumped out of a plane, did stand-up comedy, chatted up blokes on the Northern Line. Did oh, you? the Northern oh, Line's oh, the hardest. Oh, God. <laughs> with, any, with any... Well, how did that go? Well, it was embarrassing, and I didn't get a date or anything like that, but I got a kick out of the fact I'd done it. Yeah. I learned throughout the year that embarrassment doesn't kill you. You know, we go out of... We go to a lot of trouble to avoid that feeling of embarrassment, or I certainly do. And then when you face it head-on, you know, you squirm 
for about five seconds, if mm-hmm. that, and then it goes. And have you managed to get rid of that skin of embarrassment now, or has it grown back over it's, you? It's partially grown back, and I was just having that thought today that I have started to get back much more into the dreaded phrase comfort zone, whereas when I was doing all this, there was no such thing as normal anymore. Every mm. day was like it was like a Japanese game show. What was I going to do today? And I got very used to that. So I'd say my threshold is way higher now. I don't get embarrassed about half the stuff I used to, and I will talk to strangers very happily, And I, I but I'm not pushing myself as much as maybe I could be at the moment. So if you get to our age, you don't have the, inj- the embarrassment thing anymore. You it's don't gone. care. I've shed it. Isn't that gorgeous? Totally shed it. Yeah. yeah. Don't give a and shit. And I think we, yeah. do, I mean, we don't tend to sort of like try and chat at men on the Northern Line, but I do, this morning on my don't journey you? here, <laughs> I'm just so not interested. Yeah. You know, I just think, oh, God, I'd be locked away if I started to do that. Well, there's that, but I think <laughs> women are sort of, I had a lovely experience on the, uh, on a train this morning. And there was a girl sitting next to me and she was watching Strictly um, on the catch-up. And she was just so involved with it. And she was going, oh, all this. (laughs) And it was, you know, when the bing, bing, you know, who was still left in. And uh, I just couldn't resist. I I just nudged and said, who are you rooting for? And I, you know, because I am naturally nosy and I did want to know Mm. and all. And we had a lovely chat. Mm. So, right, so the first one was the sort of doing the, brave, daring Doing brave do's. things, and that was exhilarating and exciting and exhausting and whatever. And then the next book, and at this point I thought that this was going to enhance my career and my everything, but by the end of the month it became quite clear that this was going to take over everything. Mm-hmm. And my next book was a book called Money, A Love Story, which was about getting honest about your finances. Because you, previously, oh, you were terrifying. financially useless, Oh, I you? still am. Honestly, money, like, it makes me sick in my tummy. So this was, um, it does. How old are you, Matt? Yeah, sick exactly. in my tummy. No, Sounds I know. about 12. It's true, isn't it? And that's what my friend was saying yesterday, that she, this kind of, uh, talking about this culture of infantilization that yeah. we never grow up. And I am absolutely a symptom of that. You know, I am old enough to know better and with money, I'm like a, I'm exactly like a twelve. How does it manifest itself? Your uses is it? Are you a spendthrift or are you just a, a head in the ha- in Both. the sand? Both. Oh. Both. Oh. That's um, quite a bad combination, oh, isn't it? It's really it is. I'm, yeah, I'm really ashamed of myself when it comes to this subject. So I even find it hard to sort of reread that chapter. And the money chapter is a chapter that people either read it and go, "Me too," or they are horrified at how I am with money. What did um, you have to do during the ma- money so self help? It's Lots of very real going through six months of bank statements oh and credit card statements and finding you out exactly... Kidding. No, I'm not. Exactly where your money goes. But you and have to do that anyway when you're doing your tax returns oh or your I VAT. I just stuff them in a jiffy bag and send them to the accountant. And somehow let it all be... Oh, I can't. Yeah. You know, my, my dread, my yeah. absolute dread would be having a tax inspection. Don't. Not, don't, not, don't, not, don't. not because I've done me. anything. It's happened to me. But the idea Has that it? I would have to find all the paperwork. Yeah. It's happened to and me. How was it? It was. Uh, it brought me to my knees. Yeah. Um, I had to sort of dig out diaries from four, oh four or five goodness. years ago that to send terrifying. them in. They wanted my file of faxes. They wanted everything. Did they? Oh yes, yes. It was. It was pretty nasty. Uh, but anyway, it's over and it's all oh, everything is fine. <laughs> but I'm quite because I'm northern and mean. You're not that bad with money. Oh yes, you are. You've got a terrible handbag habit. I have got a bad mm. handbag habit. Mm. Yes, but I'm I am a bit like you, Marianne. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm head in the sand really, and I can't. And I'm money dyslexic as well. I have that thing like I mean, literally, I would look at a statement at a bank statement, and like I don't know, a thousand pounds would go out, and I'd forget. I'd I would have forgotten that I've you know transferred it to here or where it's come from or where it's going. Just forgotten. Yeah, 
and I'm know. like that with numbers of any kind. So yeah. if people give me dates and things, they do. They honestly do not. They slip right off my head. And so the numbers thing, I kind of want to work. Anyway, money's a big topic. Yes. So did you? Did you? Did, was there anything from that self help chapter was, that remained with you that was, was helpful? There was a really good le- question in it, which was so. There's. It was a very practical book in terms of getting you know clear and honest mm. about where you actually are. Um, but there was one question that I found really helpful which is to understand why you are the way you are with money. Because she says, a bit like dieting, there is always some emotional stuff going on that is mm, going to com- yeah. keep you in those same old habits. Yes. It's not just a matter of um, doing the practical things. So she asks what your first money memory is, your first ever one from childhood. Mm. And what's yours? Can you, re- can you remember? Yes, so clearly. And I'll tell you in a second. And then she says, how does it relate to where you are ah. today? So my memory came to me so clearly and I hadn't thought about it ever, really. But, you know, when suddenly it yes. was there. I was in the living room at mum and dad's house. I would have been about eight or nine. I was with my sister, probably like watching Grange Hill or whatever, something. And dad coming in the back of the living room had French doors, him opening the French door. And dad was a builder and he kind of would quite often have cash on him. And him throwing up this wallet with throwing out the cash from the wallet. And I don't even know how much it was, but I remember as a child thinking that there was a gazillion pounds being thrown into the air. And he told us we could keep whatever we caught. Wow. And so we were scrambling around trying to get the notes, you know, a bit like the crystal maze where that bit where you're... How many of you are you... Just me and my sister Sheila. I've got got another sister too, but I don't remember where she was. She wasn't in the room. And I remember being so stressed that I was going to mess this up. I wasn't going to catch the money and that Sheila was getting more than me. You know, that sibling (laughs) rivalry and it was so annoying. You know, it can't have been more than a few seconds. And then at the end of the game or the end of the thing, I don't remember if I was holding any money, him saying, only joking, give it back. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember just being furious that I'd even half allowed myself to think we were going to have it. And of course we weren't going to have it. You know, that was a typical my dad move, this kind of... You um, think you've got it and then you haven't. And then you haven't. And, yes. and so it just clear as day, I think money is literally to be thrown around and I think you, and, and anything to, to do with it, it, anything to do with it stresses me out. Okay. Like you're, you're messing this up. Okay. You're, and I also think it's not yours. You never get to keep it anyway. Like I always think the money is just going to get taken away from me Gosh. somehow. So you're very, very insecure about so it. So I really am. Yes. Yeah, it might be something I look into um, in the next book because money for me is like it's just a massive... Yeah, it's a very interesting subject. We don't talk about it. No, we, we are don't. more likely to talk about our sex lives yes. than we are with money. Isn't that true? And some people are secretly quite good at it and I'm like, when did I miss these lessons? Yeah, I know, me too. And then there are others because people are horrified. You know, friends, when they read this book, going, I had no idea that was what you were like. Um, yeah, it's it's really we don't talk about no, it. No, we don't, and we should. So, book three was. Um, then I did. Oh, well, then when reality just got a bit too tough, I did a book called The Secret, which is one of the best-selling self-help books oh, of not the heard last of that one. decade. What are you oh, supposed to do with that? Well, the secret is that the message is you can have anything you want in life if you just believe. Oh, for oh, isn't this a bit sake. Noel Edmonds? Yeah, it's it's really similar to the cosmic mm. ordering that mm. Noel Edmonds talks about and it's, it's something called the law of attraction. So the phrase, one of the phrases they use is what you think about, you bring about. And so part of this book is that if you have a dream car, you go and road test that dream car. So I went to a Mercedes garage and sat behind the wheel of a beautiful old Mercedes sports car, tried to believe it was mine and then got the bus home. Um, this sounds hideous. Yeah, and then you download a pretend check from the secret website and you fill it out for the amount that you want. And then you have to believe that this money is coming to you and somehow magically 
it will come to you. But it's astonishing. I'd, I'd read that book a few years before. A flatmate was obsessed with it and gave it to me, and I hated it. <laughs> yeah. But ever since I started this project, people would either look at me like I was insane, which is totally fair enough, or they would say, have you read The Secret? And then tell me all these ways that their life had changed since really? reading The Secret. You know, they'd found their dream man, they'd had their baby, they found their amazing house. Just or, by believing it. Just by believing it and visualising it. Could Crap. it not be just coincidence? It's part, part of what that book does is I think because it says it's not your job to worry how it's going to happen you just have to think what do I really want and actually maybe not many of us ever really allow ourselves to think about that because well for me anyway the pessimist you know what's the point in that like it's never going to happen get over yourself whereas that book says you know you can have anything what would it be so I think people like the chance to think about that and then maybe once you start to think about it you can spot opportunities in life that actually, because there's that Henry Ford quote, you know, um, whether you think you can or you can't, you're probably right. And if you think you can, and that dreams can come true, I think you can be more open-minded and more positive and spot things that are opportunities and go for them as mm, opposed to mm, mm. being at home defeated. Mm. So this, it, I think it works in some sort of a way, but I didn't, in my experience, believe that magically the universe sent me things. But it's, I liked being allowed to think what do I actually yes, want yes and I suppose it might mean that you prioritised or you mm. made some decisions about what you really wanted and what you didn't and what, what you, you didn't, didn't really want, want. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. Did, didn't it sort of encourage you to uh, reach for stupid things I, I think I read something about you were choosing tiles for a <laughs> For uh, my fantasy house in LA. Yes. And I was getting really stressed out because I just couldn't decide what kind of turquoise tiles. I, like, seriously, this is what I was doing on a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon instead of the day job. What if I, what if I was going to pick the So you've got a sort of towels? imaginary Pinterest board yes, for the rest of your life. Exactly that. Exactly that. So, but it, but that even that exercise was interesting. So I thought, in my head, for some reason, my dream life was going to be in LA. I was going to drink green juice. I was going to be very yogi and skinny mm. and bendy and happy and yeah I don't know I don't know why it was in LA but that was where the dream sunshine was. I guess so and that's what the TV I was watching it's probably all the hours of the Kardashians mm. and mm. stuff that was mm. the that's what success was and as I was doing this Pinterest board of putting up these pictures of the LA dream house I was feeling really stressed because I was thinking I'm not skinny enough to be in LA I don't have any friends in LA I don't fit into my dream life and then that was a really interesting lesson this thing I thought I wanted was nothing oh, yes. like me at all yes it yes. was just sort of this so image I'd absorbed from the world. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't it wasn't me, which is why it was stressing me out. And even when I put the picture of the car that I just road tested on it, I was like looking at it, thinking it's just a car. It wouldn't change my life. I know that it would just be me in a car. It just and so then I actually reassessed what it was that I wanted based on that and did a board that was kind of with smiley people. There was a woman doing a handstand for some reason. I thought she looked happy anyway. So there was a handstand on it and people smiling it was travel pictures mm. because I do love traveling and it was much less statusy and you know buy these things and it made me feel good when I looked at it and in, in the center there was a you know one of those annoying motivational messages that do that do the rounds on social media but I cut it out which is do all things with kindness and I kind of realized it's not the worst one it's not have, the worst one but being a good person was probably quite an important part mm. of a dream life and not in a worthy way just that that's what made me feel good when I looked at it. Yeah. So it yeah. was an interesting exercise, mm, that one. Mm, mm. So is there one, was there one book that kind of remained with you that, that you've continued to find useful? Yeah, well, The Power of Now is um, a book by a German, German guy called Eckhart Tolle, and that's the one that stayed with me the most and makes the most sense to me. So he he talks about 
that when we see people walking down the street talking to themselves, we think they're mad, but we're all doing that to ourselves all the time. You know, why did I say that? What's happening mm -hmm. next? It's kind of, you know, constant narration going on in our heads and usually quite critical and certainly in my case, phenomenally, ferociously critical all the time. And this book just explains a little bit about how to try and get out of that, to not believe these records. He describes them as records that we put on every day. So the fat record, your shit with money record, the no one's going to love you record, these records that I had. And just through breathing and just different things, he kind of shows you that they're, they're not real. It's just a bit of part of the madness of being a human. And he says that in any given moment, if you're stressing, to ask yourself, do I have a problem right now, literally this second, so right now we're here in this room having a lovely chat in a safe country. Right now things are good. And he says that when problems do arise and when the worst things happen, you know, we're in hospital or we lose the job or you get the tax expected. The door might get stuck. We might not be able to get out of this. <laughs> yeah, then, then we might have a problem. <laughs> but when the worst stuff happens... You've, I think we normally surprise ourselves with how well we cope with it. That's, you just yeah. handle it. It's not yeah. this. It's not this nightmare that we play, or I certainly played out in my head. Are you a catastrophist? Do you yes. Think? Yes. Yeah. I, I think that yeah. all three all of three. us. Yeah. I, Daisy, our producer. What are you as well? Yeah. I think that. Do you think it's a particularly female? Yes. I think it probably is a bit. Yeah. It's exhausting, like, isn't it? It's like such oh, a waste of energy. It is. Huge waste of energy. It's like your happiness has just got a very thin it, layer of ice on exactly. it and you're all skating mm. over it. Any moment mm. now, when you go through, it's going to... Oh, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but I suppose what's it, when, I, when I hear you talking about that, uh, the power of now, is that not saying that it's about sort of accepting yourself? So maybe maybe what you're saying is that, you know, self-help books, devices, programmes, actually, they are in themselves kind of quite damaging potentially like just accept yourself like be like but isn't you know, that the message most of them are trying to say ultimately that's sort of where they get to and it's is it? yeah so i i don't find self-help damaging i think doing the amount that i did certainly got damaging it's not healthy for anyone to think right. about themselves the amount that yeah. i was like did you get yeah. a bit boring oh my god i just i just i don't think anyone was even sticking around me long enough to know whether i was boring <laughs> like i was you know i was i was just self-obsessed and the more I thought about myself the more I hated myself and the more I tried to be perfect the more aware I was of my flaws yeah. and there's a lot to be said for you know like my mum's attitude of just getting on with it and thinking about other people and not yourself but the, there is wisdom in these books because I did learn a lot through all of them but and probably like counterintuitively one of the things I learned is that I don't need fixing and that basically yeah, I'm fine exactly. I'm not perfect and this image of perfect is usually something that's used to flog us something, whether it's the mm. jeans or the makeup. Or mm. um, did you find any of them, any of them objectionably daft? There was a book on angel therapy. So Doreen Virtue has written forty plus books on how to talk to your angels. Oh. Forty plus books. Yes, not for people over forty. No. Forty of them. Yes. And oh I know. And so apparently, thirty nine percent of British women believe in angels. And and she's a she's a phenomenon this woman so i tried to do get on board with that and for me it just didn't work at all but she has a huge following um do yeah. you think i mean i i have some sympathy for people particularly if they've suffered trauma and loss i think that if you've lost say a, a, you know the only person i know that um believe very much in um the healing powers of uh, psychics, etc. Yeah. A friend of mine lost a child, yeah. and um, she'd been the last person I'd have imagined would would go down that route. But 
when she did, I just thought, I, whatever, whatever, yeah, whatever you works need. exactly. Yeah. And I and I kind of think that with all these books, whatever helps you, whatever you can read and it relates and it works for you in some way, then then that's fine. But I'm also quite aware that it's the self-help industry is a very big industry and it's a very successful industry. I think it's worth like eleven billion dollars is Gosh, the race, the latest money. figures is it really? compared to the diet industry, which is twenty billion. And that industry is based on you don't just buy one book and feel better. You buy the next one and the next one and you do the weekend courses. And so I, I still read them. I still like it. But I'm also I, I'm not looking for a fix anymore. I suppose I'm probably trying to understand life a little bit more rather than trying to change it. Could mm. you write your own now? God, no. <laughs> it's the wrong answer, Marianne. Sorry. Because <laughs> that's what your publishers are going to want next, you know. Now, tell no. us about the, 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 the process of, of uh, what's happened to you since the book yeah. has been published and what's happening with the book and what's the other opportunities that are being thrown your way. Um, so after I did all my daring deeds, which I was blogging about while I was doing it, the plan was that I would go to my friend's cottage in the west of Ireland and I would write an award-winning, best-selling book in two months. Mm. That was the plan. And I went in two months and I wrote my first draft of a book and sent it to my agent and was reliably informed that's not good. So then I went, not only I was actually very kind about it, but it wasn't a book. I had no idea how to write a book. So there was a lot of writing and rewriting and rewriting. And then we finally sent it out to publishers, I think, I think last summer. And um, Picador, who's a lovely, lovely publisher, said they liked it. And that was, I think, last August. And then as soon as they said they wanted it, then there were lots of different publishers mm-hmm. from all around the world. Oh, they all start sniffing Jumped in, you, yeah, yeah, it's really funny. It's like, it's like the popular girl at school. If she likes you, then everyone likes yeah. you. But until that happens, you're nothing. Um, and Did you have a, a moment of glory, a moment of joy, when yeah. everything came together, when Picador had said yes, and then all of a sudden everybody was going, oh, oh, and us. Well, I remember like walking out from the first chat with the editors at Picador and just that it felt like a really good date. You know, I just liked them so much. <laughs> yes. and everything they said they liked about the book was yeah. what I wanted it to be. And wow. it was one of those like, <gasps> I hope they like me, I hope they like me, because it was just they were sort of getting to know me and you know, there was no guarantees. And so when I remember leaving that meeting and, and phoning a friend and being in King's Cross and just kind of going... You know, saying yeah, that everything. friend must have been really hacked off. Is she a journalist and writer as <laughs> he's well? He's a writer, actually. And, oh. he's <laughs> and he's been very gentle. Yeah, he was. He, no, well, he, he did a good job of pretending to be happy for me. And then the next day they made an offer and my mum was in Ireland. So I remember calling mum in Ireland and her being in the car and kind of shrieking. And oh. So that was, you know, they're really special moments, Lovely. those things, when dreams, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. proper dream come true. Yes. And then when the international stuff came, I was... Um, in sorry, my jealousy levels sorry. are becoming quite difficult to deal with. But I, I was not gagging. <laughs> I was in Primark in Stratford when I got a call about the first international deal. I was, you know, still no money had come in, and I was in debt from having written this book on top of my normal debts. So I was looking at like three quid t shirts, and then yeah. the call came in that German and a French publisher wanted it, and I was just beside myself. It was, yeah, it's, it, that all a bit of it, I think, it doesn't matter what happens for the rest of my life, I will always remember. Yeah, that those couple of weeks where it was all a dream. Mm. And money is very important, isn't it? If somebody's offering you quite a lot of money for mm. something that you've done, that's your your idea, your you've achieved oh, it, means it. So much that is real. I mean, and and that amount or whatever that is is very very significant. Is there a potential for a film in this? There's talk of it being made into a TV series, so like a kind of Netflix, Amazon style. Um, TV series. And have you got a, a sort of a you in mind, the actress you? Who's your who's your you? The original like 
dream would have been Amy Adams. But now I'd love it if there was an unknown person mm-hmm. who, to, in, in X Factor speak, make it her yeah. own. You know, yeah. I'd love that. Listen, uh, we'd like to say a huge thank you to Marianne. We're thrilled to have had you in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> the cupboard. Did you hear our, our guest laugh at the word studio? Uh, Marianne Power's book, Help Me is in all good bookshops and online as we speak and we look forward to it coming out on Netflix stroke Amazon uh, starring all the best people in the world. (laughs) Thank you very, very much indeed for listening. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.